Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Spar and Brawl. I hope you're having a decent day. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Sam, and we're back with another episode of The Progressive World. So as per usual, I'm just going to give a quick rundown of today's show. And please like and subscribe. If you're a regular viewer who hasn't subscribed yet, please consider doing so. But with that out of the way, let's give a quick rundown and timestamps are down below as per usual. So first story is kind of about education in general. So there's this hilarious video of Brian Stelter going to going to a classroom teaching about, you know, critical thinking and news literacy and fake news and social media and all this. There's this book that they've decided not to teach anymore or not have it compulsory in U.S. schools. We're going to discuss that. What's that book called, Sam? Mouse. Mouse. Okay. I mean, in a German, it's the yeah. mouse. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, and then some other few points in this whole like story about education. Um, including, I mean, the, theme of, yeah. the theme of the episode is, is our children learning? Is our children, is, yes. Is they? Is they? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so um, that's going to be a first story. Then the second one, we're going to talk about the hill a lot rising specifically because they've had a few interesting developments so brianna has joined them that, that was really cool <laughs> but at the same time batia Ungar sargon has joined them that's a bit less I don't know cool. who you're talking <laughs> that's not as cool and they also had jr from tyt on as a as guest, a guest. Yeah. i couldn't it, believe it i couldn't believe formerly it. of tyt i think formerly now, right? of tyt you think so i don't know i it seemed like a new show i, I, I don't sorry, know go ahead. i don't know i don't know interrupting the run yeah we can check if that's the case by the time we get to yeah that we'll story. do a live check yeah <laughs> but then there's a couple of other um, um things that fall under there as well then we're going to talk about the big Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan interview. So, I mean, this was a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. <laughs> I must say, I'm glad that I've been into Jordan Peterson now for the past month or two. And yeah, it was entertaining. Quite a bit of bullshit said. We're going to, you know, go over some of them. One or two of them, you know, I'm kind of going to try to debunk a little bit. Maybe some come to his defense a little bit and then just talk about some overall hilarious stuff that happened <laughs> during I, I, this I, four hours show, including where yeah. Joe falls in all this. Because Sam and I, we think Joe was quite, you know, he was, he was, how I would think you he say was on to him. Yeah, he was on to him to a certain extent. It seemed like it. You know, he wa- it wasn't the Joe Rogan who just like, admires you and everything that you say he's like yes two thumbs up it really wasn't the case and at points he gets frustrated he tells them to finish your statement he says you know you were rambling until now and of course he fact checks them once or twice the first one being very early on so we'll discuss uh, all of that really fun stuff and then we're going to move on to progressive geopolitics and um, do you want to give do you want to tease anything out here sam yeah, it's been a very, very crazy week, geopolitically speaking. It's been kind of fun because it's like, I mean, fun as in, you know, if you're not involved in any of the conflicts, obviously. But yeah, it's been a pretty crazy one everywhere, everywhere. So it's going to be interesting because pretty much everywhere it has been crazy. Okay, so- good stuff. And then in a quick hitters, we don't have much. 
Julian Assange has appeal, uh, will be able to appeal uh, to the UK Supreme Court. So we'll just read the top of the headline there for you. Sam has found another funny monkey story. You seem to be into monkeys quite a lot. I'm getting some Jordan it's Peterson vibes story. here. Not... Oh, I don't find it funny. I, mean... I thought you had found it funny. No, I mean, it, it will be presented <laughs> in a funny way. I mean, you don't have, but it will, it will be presented in a funny way. But it's not a funny story. It's actually a, it's a story of someone, in my view, who we should all aspire to become one day, the monkey. The monkey is like my hero now. Uh, he's my new Batman. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll discuss that. A lot of animals might come up during this episode thanks oh, to jordan yeah, peterson yeah it's really a very animal heavy yeah. <laughs> and oh, then oh, uh, i think yeah. Yeah, just, oh go ahead sir no i was just gonna say and then we're gonna do our pick of the week the best and worst yeah sure i uh, know i just wanted to have, uh, add that we have really good funny articles as well yep yep okay Both good for the i think ge- geopolitics segment for and for my worst pick of the week all right, brilliant. And yeah, so as per usual, as we've been doing last few episodes, we're going to start with a little bit of chit chat after the intro music here. And this time, one of our regular viewers, Astro Gypsy, asked us, you know, about our background, education, professional, and all that. So we'll we'll take that opportunity to, um, you know, tackle that question as well. So with all that out of the way, please like and subscribe, more importantly, and timestamps down below. And yeah, let's get this party started. So what is your educational background? Okay, so I'll start with mine. That was quick. Uh, so I went to high school. After I finished high school. And I joined. primary? <laughs> then when I went uh, first to uni, bachelor at the York University in Toronto, and I was really not an academic person whatsoever. I really wasn't into politics whatsoever. So the only thing I could like, I understood what the topic even was referring to was econ. <laughs> so I signed up to do econ. <laughs> Let's say I just couldn't get past the calculus course to save my life. Oh, so then yeah. I happened to switch this other program called business and society, which was actually like just a program, you know, it had the word business in it, but I guess it looked at the, imp- at the role of business in society from a critical point of view. And it was very much like a, social science degree which had a mixture of all the different social sciences in it and so I studied that and during that time I also got really into politics and everything so I followed that with a master's in political science at the University of Montreal then I was working for a few years and interning at first then working mainly at the UN where I did some work in communication and now for the past year and a half or so I've been doing a second master's um, I had to do it for kind of permit reasons and everything. And it was a good opportunity in sociology. And at the same time, I'm working at the department as a teacher assistant, but I don't get to do much teaching at all. Just, just do other assistants. Just assistant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's a quick overview, I think, of my educational background. How about yourself, Sam? Well, you, I think, I would be like relevant to, to also, sorry, I think you would be also relevant to mention that you've been into politics, like, 
from you know way before university and all that so I skipped right to the university part because before that I really didn't have an educational background so but maybe you can give a slightly longer story definitely not longer but yeah I would say you you were very much uh, into sports I think before you became very much into um, politics but no I I mean Um, in my case, I think we've uh, discussed this once before, but yeah, in my case, I've been into politics since I remember. I don't know. It, I think it's a family thing, probably. I mean, uh, yeah, everybody was discussing politics all around me. So I've been into that. Uh, I've, uh, I don't know, where should I start? Or, oh, uh, okay. You're really into history yeah. as well, right? When you were like a kid, you were into like history oh, yeah, of yeah, Iran yeah. and all this. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I've always been into history of politics and war and it's like it's ridiculous. But yeah, so yeah, I used to read Encyclopedia. <laughs> like one of my favorite books yeah, was Encyclopedia. Uh, so I used to be a major, like since I was seven, I decided I was a right winger. I don't know why, <laughs> but yeah, at that point. But largely, I think, because everybody else was left-winger. So, uh, yeah, I used to be a massive right-winger. Then I went to university. I tried to hold on to my beliefs, but the weight of evidence just crushed me. And, uh, oh, I used to go to boarding school when I was a kid. That's why I have this weird, like, English that is... Uh, and Farsi. I, that's the thing. I can't even... Like, I, I know two languages, and I, I am accented and bad at both. <laughs> like, people from both both um, societies think, I what's wrong with him? Why does yeah. he talk like that? But well, my my Persian, issue. I found that, yeah, my Persian is apparently very old-fashioned, okay. like the vocabulary I use and all that. So people are like, you know, but yeah, I studied Uh, international relations and sociology bachelors uh, in the UK and I, oh bef- even before that like basically that's why I love the British system because I could study what I wanted since I was 15 because I was terrible at uh, math and calculus and science in general yeah but so, wait what kind of social science classes do they offer like in the UK in the last few years They, you can, like A-levels, unlike the IB, there are no compulsory yeah. like, or core courses. So you pick four first year, uh, AS, what was it called? I forget. So you pick four courses and I picked sociology, politics, and media studies. Stop. No, I was like six, 16 or 17. And yeah, it was like, I was living the dream, man. Man, that awesome. sounds amazing. Yeah, I know. And business studies. That was like the one I, uh, and then you let go of one. After one year, you just, you, after one year, you just have three subjects. So it's just so good, man. I didn't have to do physics. I didn't have to do calculus. So I still think A-levels are the, like they were so, although for a lot of people, I do think it's a dangerous thing because you don't get a very wide, Yeah. you know array of you very much focus but for me who since seven was going on about <laughs> politics it was pretty yeah. you know exciting man, so amazing. yeah did a yeah, yeah man a levels are the best i've missed them <laughs> it was like seminars before like and your kids so it's so exciting it's so exciting 
Man, you know, like when I went to university, I think I've told you this, and you're right, we've discussed this um, topic before, but, you know, thought it would be a good opportunity to discuss it again. Hopefully, if our channel ever grows, we're going to be discussing this a bunch of other times. But yeah, when, when I went to uni, I literally didn't even know what political science is. Like, I probably heard the term political science like for I, the first I time, mean, my first or second year. That's just how out of it I was. I just wanted I mean, to, you know. to be fair... I, I mean, you had been exposed to my rants at that point quite a few times. So I don't know. I don't think they entered, right? <laughs> they just rebounded. I, I right? would just shout. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, the so, only you know, thing was... that was close to that, I did have an opinion on religion. Like, that, that's like the that's, most intellectual oh, thing I, yeah, I was into, was, you know, being anti-religion and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. But nothing yeah. beyond I'm coming that. Coming from Iran, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, everybody talks about that. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think that's sort of well, yeah, educational yeah. and professional. Did you touch on it at all? What you've been up to the past few years? No. Uh, yeah. So I did my bachelor's, then I did a master's again, international relation history. That type of yes. And yeah, I'm, I teach English and I'm, uh, uh, I was uh, working in a management consul consultancy for a few years. Now I'm trying to do other things, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, I still do teach privately. If anybody's interested, <laughs> just, I'm looking for a student. <laughs> so it's like a side hustle of marketing there. But um, yeah, no, uh, you know, we'll see. Oh, okay. I hope to do a PhD at some point. Yeah, great. Okay, yeah, same here, same here. And okay, just to wrap up this chit-chat part, yesterday I suddenly started like binging the latest season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I've reached like the so last good, part of season, uh, episode eight. I think there's still more that are going to come out. Or One, over. I think nine episodes. No, yeah. I forget. Your so I've seen like what? half so of the eight So you haven't finished? One. No. Oh, I, I, just, I suddenly got tired. I was like five episodes in. I suddenly got tired and wasn't as interesting. So I just told myself, pause it and come back. Yeah, to yeah fair enough. Tomorrow. Fair enough. <laughs> no, they're ridiculous. <laughs> like some, a few of like, okay. I think yesterday is like the only time. And I was like watching it. And like my wife was right there. I was watching my headphones. And like, I never laugh out loud and stuff. But yeah, the I, stuff, I mean, I can't, I didn't write any of them down. But one or two of them, the things that they said to each other were just out of this world i wish i had just written so one or two of them down they were just insane <laughs> did you did you get to the part where uh the, in the lockdown danny devito has this underground business did you yeah. see yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, uh, he with the hair the hair product yeah with the hair oh yeah that's oh an episode God, two that was... so i saw that actually before two, the yeah. christmas break so starting yesterday oh, i watched right. from episode three onwards so when they go to ireland and you know, Mac ah. is that convinced that he's exploring his identity. <laughs> You're Dutch. <laughs> and then he's like, this is so funny. And then he's like, okay, well, since my main identity is that I'm gay, I'm just gonna go have sex with a bunch of guys. And then it's like, you don't have to tell us that you don't have to have sex with people. just because you're gay. You wanna have sex with people, go have sex with people. Why do you have to tell us? <laughs> your identity every time. <laughs> oh, I think you've seen the episode they go to the zoo then, right? 
they go to the zoo they're in a queue oh, see that's that? the problem with binging that well ha- I, they, no, but they're I all like a kind of mixed Irish with each stuff other was after that the Irish stuff is like four or five episodes long uh, three i think or something yeah but i thought that was at the end uh i, I forget but yeah they, they, i don't know if you son saw the one that they go to the zoo that no. one's pretty good too with the gorilla and all it's so uh, no. i mean yeah as you say like it's so that's why i love watching comedies in cinema because you they're far funnier because people laugh out loud and stuff but yeah, it's always sunny is the only thing that has that ability. Still, I'm watching it alone and it's just laugh out loud. It Man, is laugh out loud. I wish I would have written so this one joke though I should have written down. It was just too funny. I, I couldn't. Something <laughs> like Charlie said to Mac. Anyway, um, oh anything God, else you want to, anything you want to mention about this week? No, it was a, I'm trying to think, did I even watch? Did you watch anything? Any movies? Besides Jordan Peterson, I mean, that must have... The podcast itself was four, four hours, hours. And I listened to a bunch of parts like a, a few times. So I must have spent like six hours listening to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I watched Peacemaker. You remember the movie I forced you to watch, The Suicide Squad? Yeah. The bad guy in that Peacemaker has a spin-off TV show. Okay. One of the bad guys. He's not a bad guy. He's a, like a you know anti-hero, yeah. blah blah blah. But yeah, it's good. It's really good uh, so far. I mean, uh, it's a bit. I do feel the streamings. All of the streaming shows, there is too much fat. You know, mm. like they the runtime is too long, and they allow there is too much riffing that sometimes doesn't work. You know, the jokes go for so long. And it's not funny anymore. Interesting. Yeah, but but it's really good overall. It's pretty good TV show, really uh, interesting. And it's going interesting places. So we'll see. So I, well, yeah, I watched that. Yeah. I forgot about that. And something huge also happened yesterday. Did you did you catch that? No. On I'm... Thursday the 27th. You're on qualified to the World Cup. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. Oh my God! Oh my God! Last night, man, there was all these noise in this store, and you didn't know what the hell is going on. Yeah, I swear to God. So that's why all that because whenever Iran uh, gets qualified for the World Cup, people are were like, you know, honking their horns. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, all right. That makes sense. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is there so much noise? That's yeah, they beat Iraq one yeah, nil, right. so they went to their third World Cup in a row. Uh, congratulations! I yeah. I never know what to say because it's I I find it so weird that people are yeah man we went to the World Cup and stuff and I'm like did you? It man, feels like uh, let me tell you something. People, uh, let me tell you something. I never understand like nationalism. And, you know, caring more about the people from your own country than another country. <laughs> I swear I don't. The only thing that somehow, for some reason, although I don't know most of the players on the Iranian team because I don't watch them where they play for their clubs. So don't, I don't have an emotional attachment to the players or anything. But I do care if Iran goes to the World Cup and I get like a great sense of enjoyment from watching them. And this is one thing that I haven't been able to figure out what's the cause. Because if Iran goes and wins, does well in a wrestling competition, 
I don't care. That's swimming, right. volleyball. I wouldn't care. But the football one, for some reason, I care. So I don't know, maybe because before I used to watch them more. But anyway, I can't yeah, it's a, figure out the reason. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, I never cheer. I mean, I'm, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not nationalist. I never been a nationalist, but I think I'm more, I don't know. I think I'm more respective or whatever, respectful of the thing than you are not respectful. More, you know, I believe in it a bit more as yeah not nationalism again i as always i thought iran is not even nation but uh yeah i never i i i generally have very strange and uh to be honest uh, quite strong for no reason whatsoever i have some strong views on sports professional <laughs> sports yeah. i largely think professional sports is a bad thing so that's why i never really cared for football or I mean, I like playing football, but I never understood watching other people. That, but that part weird. I don't understand. I don't want to start a whole like thing about you know um, about sports. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, but no, I don't understand the part yeah. where you say you don't understand watching people because if you like something, then it's fun watching them. Uh, watching not everyone is like not like that, but like most sports that you play, so you understand how to play it. It's typically enjoyable to watch um, others do it, especially if they're better, right? So, I mean, I like football, so I like watching it a bit. I was into, like, skateboarding and skating and all these things when I was younger. I like watching those kind of videos. So, I mean, I understand how, why people like watching them. And, I mean, you like certain sports, right? Do you not like watching them at all? No, I don't. I really don't like... And I know some people watch. like that. They're professional athletes who I... don't watch their own sport and stuff, but... But that part I don't find no, confusing, I, like liking. Like I like rugby. I mean, I like watching rugby sometimes just because it has cool actions in it. Like it's a cool action scene. Oh yeah, exactly. But, Same uh, thing. But like boxing, I found I find. Very but you're boring. not into Even boxing MMA. though, and you're not into MMA right, either. Okay, like for instance, fencing. I'm super into boxing and MMA. And so, I mean, I like watching them to separate degrees. And then again, it has to do with how much you know them. If you're not emotionally attached, you won't like to watch it as much. So there's all of that. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So two sports that I'm super into, fencing and yeah. horse riding. Yeah. I know. I mm. Horse riding, maybe I like to watch some polos. Polo seems sometimes fun. I, but yeah, no, I never. I'm trying to think, no. Maybe wrestling. I don't know. I, yeah, I just don't like watching sports. I like doing sports, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but I completely get it. Like, I like you don't like reading fiction and stuff. Yeah, you know. So people have. So I'm not. It's not a judgmental. Yeah, or a value no, no, no. I get it. No, I used to make a value. Judgment. <laughs> I used to be like, oh, I don't like. But nowadays, I realize it's just yeah. I was a dick. So <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, we're all learning and growing. But okay, so that's a good time to <laughs> segue to our first story, which is about oh, education learning, yes. and learning. So as you can see, Sam well has done. been learning. <laughs> Where I, should we yes. start? So the first funny video that we have to discuss is Brian Stelter, which you <laughs> once put oh it as an egg. What did you call him? Like the egg <laughs> or like a giant egg? <laughs> he's a, uh, yeah, he's a, uh, what did you call him? Uh, uh, and, and, 
anthropomorphic egg <laughs> is the egg that has Humpty Dumpty has come to life. It's actually like he looks like a, you know what he looks like basically because it's been snowing so it's in my head. He looks like a snowman basically, <laughs> yeah. like two like eggs on top of each other. But uh, I, I mean, he's a. Uh, so I hope we play maybe the video or if we don't manage to play it, check out useful idiots. No, I'll play way, a bit of the video. Episode. I mean, I won't play the whole CNN clip, but just yeah. so they see what it looks like. But yeah, also you can narrate right now as well. Just say what the video is about. Oh my God, it was great. It's a, this is school and there's this teacher that is teaching. I think they're around like teenagers or maybe a bit younger. And she's going around, guys, there are different categories of misinformation. There's imposter information, <laughs> uh, disinformation, uh, I don't know, psych ops. They're being taught this weird like categories of misinformation. Yeah. That was so confusing. Yeah, it's it, it's more confusing. Like you know, like before, I feel like those children had a clearer idea, <laughs> idea of, of what is right and wrong. Before, okay, what, what what kind of category of misinformation is this? And then Brian Stelter. Oh my God, this guy is awesome. This guy is like he's like those. He's like the, in the movie Prestige. There is this Chinese, I believe Chinese origin, uh, magician that ha- lives his whole life to be able to pull it. And he lives, like his whole life is a show. He's a character. He's not yeah. a real person. That's why you can make fun of him because he's two-dimensional. He doesn't, like he's literally two. He like he was like, you know, uh, uh, sort of doing this thing. On. <laughs> so guys, uh, now do you feel like you can go outside the class and uh, tell people about what is true? Do you feel now you're, what was it? news you're you're having oh i wrote it down yeah news literacy yeah news literacy and you can and then one of the kids was like yeah my family they they believed covid was a hoax i mean uh, yeah i don't know who's like where what's going on in the world (laughs) and brian is that yeah this is i think this is very important now we can you know this news literacy thing everywhere they should educate our children I don't know. It was a nonsense. I think pe- like people are going mad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what was just the irony of you know, you know how to like, you know how to like spot misinformation being sponsored or like done together with CNN because the lady who was teaching it, I think she has her own like consultancy firm and stuff where she's like developed material on of how course. to you know spot mis uh misinformation on social media and then i don't know what brian stelter and cnn's involvement was maybe they were just like filming it so they're just kind of doing like no, a I news think. reporting yeah news but yeah reports, just the so. irony of but, them but, but, being no, there. but the, they they interview with the kids and him yeah. just you know leaning on the on this like a cool substitute teacher that and, everybody <laughs> hates really you know guys guys do you feel like you're literate now you can you tell that cnn is always right and everybody else is wrong can you tell that now i mean what a dick and uh, no. you know this know. is like less than a month ago i think or two months ago chris como had to be let go basically because cnn it turned out like there was he lied and yeah. you know even before that uh, you could i mean he has admitted to a grabbing I, uh, what was the thing he did with the one of the producers one of the female producers in front of i believe her husband or something mm-hmm. 
So, you know, and you guys are talking about misinformation. I mean, Jesus Christ, man, take a look at yourself. Like, no, I have some level of self-awareness. You know, I know you're an egg. You're not technically <laughs> human, but still. No, no I, I love how like, okay, his show is about the media, right? That's like what his show is about. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. for some reason, they've quietly like decided, oh, yeah, it's not only about the media. It's like about telling you the truth about the media and everything else that is being done in other parts well, of the media. I mean, it's called it, it, it's, reliable sources. Yeah, it's like fake and stuff. But he has this one statement in there. It kills me. And this one's not even true. So he's talking to the kids and he says the web has become more and more the Wild West. And like, that's like not even, that's like the opposite. If anything, there is, you know, now more censorship more regulation. or regulation and everything yeah. of what is said on, on the internet. It, so it's I, not even it's, true. Yeah. No, he's a complete fool. I don't know but he's a fool or he's just, I mean, that's his shtick. I have more respect if it's just a hustle. Yeah. But I mean, you know, but that's a sad part because teaching kids how to think critically, right? Just like, having a class on critical thinking, you know, like everything that you hear on TV isn't necessarily true. Everything that you hear from your parents and their friends and uncles and aunts is not necessarily true, but of course not. They have this agenda. And based on the clip that I saw there, maybe this lady's program covers everything and goes beyond that, but no, they just focus on social media, which is just one aspect of life. We're both quote-unquote misinformation is found quote-unquote factual information is found and everything that really falls in between which is how the real world um kind of works right there's that whole like middle ground of information which is true and both not true at the same time but yeah they don't address it so that's a sad that's another sad aspect about it too you know i don't to be honest that's like I don't expect them to do that. I mean, I don't understand the people like since, as you said, uncles, aunts and stuff, I just remembered that like my uncle used to tell me he was a housemate of Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> when he was in LA. And I was like, ah, really? And then, you know, you like, I don't understand which universe these kids or Brian Stelter lives in. Have, has, have you never had a family member or people lie or, you know, you call somebody clearly they're asleep and you say, mm-hmm. were you sleeping? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, I was working. Or, yeah. You know? It's just, uh, yeah, I don't get it. These children and the kid, I don't, yeah. I don't understand. There's this little girl, she says that. Um, oh, I was talking about a boy, but yeah. Yeah, go ahead. What did she no, say? I don't. Uh, oh, yeah, she says that. You, yeah, go no, ahead. Sorry. I, sorry, I just wanted to finish this. Don't trust your teachers, your parents. Don't trust anyone. Like I, since age seven, I knew, I don't know, again, like maybe it was just my family, but I was never expecting to like hear the truth from newspapers, mm. media, or my school teachers, to be honest. I don't know. Did you used to go to a school thinking what they say is true? Yeah, I, I just never, um, I just never thought about it. Exactly. Most people don't even think yeah. about it. And the people who do are, I was the annoying kid in the class that mm-hmm. was always teacher, teacher, but this is, I think, run from this. So, you know, whatever. But there's this one girl in there, for instance, she says that, you know, uh, you know, people might see something wrong on social media and then they come to school and then they tell others and they spread, you know, this false information. I'm like, it, that is literally what school is, right? All I remember is kids coming, hearing like bullshit from their 
uh, parents or uncles yeah. which were either a joke and didn't understand or they weren't a joke you know parents don't know everything far far from that and they would spread it among everybody else and they would say it like you know that's just the disingenuous part of this conversation that that really bothers me though like as if before social media there were none of these issues and now social media has arrived and everybody just spreading lies as opposed to before when kids would you know only spread <laughs> things that they are read in the encyclopedia me, are you telling me the claims made by my high school friends <laughs> that they had sex with like 50 yeah. different people cheerleaders and uh, yeah. that wasn't true no are you me? no sorry to say that it's wasn't very the case. disappointing <laughs> i was i was thinking those were very reliable sources but now i know now i know better i know it i mean yeah i mean it's i love how uh, it's just these the worst thing about it is his condescension and patronizingness i mean again i don't expect condescension and patronizingness from an anthropomorphic egg so <laughs> you, know, you should shut the fuck up okay but yeah that was one hell of a segment that you know you have to see so we we saw it on useful idiots so you can go there if you want to get the kind of full audio with it and everything yeah. and here aaron and kate don't yeah don't ever watch your actual cnn video <laughs> don't give them the views yeah but okay sam let's move on to the second part of this kind of education story why don't you tell us about um mouse <laughs> what that yeah, book is well, about what's happening there so there's it seems to be a school that they have removed it from the curriculum and then people were upset that it's a uh, you know censorship issue and all that neil gaiman who's a famous comic book writer he wrote the sandman and all that Uh, he uh, did a tweet and all that mouse i first of all i was i must say i was somewhat surprised that it is on the curriculum it's really dark oh yeah so but in the curriculum of eighth graders so people who are 13 14 yeah no no i just wanted to yeah yeah. yeah. like there's you know there's yeah i mean it's about it's an allegory of um it's allegory of the life of jewish people during the world Mm -hmm. war ii and you know a, a father and his son and it's a really interesting one because you know it's not uh, one it's not just a morality play you know it's very inter uh, you get into characters and all that but i was surprised that it was on curriculum because yeah. it is dark it's like very dark you know uh, uh so yeah but they removed they removed it's a good book although i have a huge problem with all like I didn't use to, but any uh, sort of a animal allegory, in my view, can mm. be very problematic. I don't know if you watch that cartoon Zootopia ever. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The rabbit and the fox. It's not that old, right? It's like a it's like... Yeah, 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 two years. Three yeah, years yeah I, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. So that that was it was really good. Uh, that cartoon it was trying to address racism and police brutality, which was quite interesting. But Wisecrack, another YouTube channel, they have a great video on it, and I find animal allegories, to be honest, very problematic because, it, like, it's. Because race as a, is a social construct, I, I think, of the 17th century or 18th century. So I don't think, uh, but when you do animals as allegory, then you're actually mm. making race something real and 
biological as in there's a biological uh, uh, there's a biological reality that undermines the, the thing because in the book and uh, Nazis are cats and then mm-hmm. Jewish people are like <clears throat> mouses British people I believe British people were what were they British people were I forget but each nation has like you know uh, each nation has an animal for its uh, uh, as a representation and I find that type of thing quite problematic so yeah I was it was interesting man I don't know what did you think that's interesting that's interesting the Jordan Peterson made you <laughs> have that change because he talked about so many animals and stuff that <laughs> you decided they're not good fan- no I'm joking that's a, that's an interesting point that you made there uh though because because you're right I mean yeah I mean although it's possible to look beyond that right and you can be like okay we're you know putting animals here for dem- demonstration reasons and all this oh, and you know he, hands are that's tied. the thing but it's an interesting point that you're making never thought of it we we hopefully we come back to this and um, in a way like i'm not saying that interpretation of zootopia is correct at all mm-hmm. i think zootopia is yeah as you say you have to look beyond that it's a more abstract and conceptual thing we shouldn't try to read too much that's the that's why allegories shouldn't you shouldn't read too much into mm-hmm. animal allegories <laughs> but <clears throat> i find i find that that's the thing i find like i read mouse when i was very young one of the early comics i read like 16 17 but um i like yeah it's problematic because yeah you know it's as as if there is something something real about race you know when you put that and uh yeah so i yeah i find uh, nowadays i'm so i wasn't too upset about it being removed from the curriculum to be honest i don't think it was like yeah i'm not too worried like and it's a very dark like torture scenes and all that but i would say i have no problem with kids being exposed to sexual or violent scenes in a book i was surprised because i find mm. majority of society is conservative but i don't know just leaving aside the whole yeah. animal thing i don't know what's your take on that because um I, if people the person who was um, hosting this batia 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 batul batal batal batul sargon of akad batul bat what's that name it's just too many and she was very oh i don't understand why are all the concern why are people are i mean i'm sorry but religious people as far as i'm concerned can uh, frankly shut the fuck up the like people who whose schools have been extensively uh, been um, uh, uh, tied with pretty much pedophile activity should not have that much say in schools so i i have no problem I, frankly first of all i don't think people should have that much control people i mean parents shouldn't yeah. have that much control over curriculum secondly i do think it's actually a good thing to expose children to uh, violence and uh, sex uh, very early on so so you know. i just want to tackle this question actually before coming back to and then yeah my main comment oh, yeah, had to ahead. do about batia and religion and all this so we'll come back to that and listening to religious people and all that but yeah that's something i haven't thought of i mean um at what age to what extent you know i mean i'm just trying to think personally the only like i've always been kind of scared of scary movies 
even still am as a grown-up so putting that aside but when I was a kid I used to really be scared of the Batman movie with Danny DeVito as Penguin yeah yeah so that's, that's then, why the, yeah. Tim Burton got kicked <laughs> off of the third one because the, I see. Uh, the studio was like man like they we can't sell toys <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> we can't make an action figure out of this penguin but <laughs> he did <laughs> he actually but but yeah i, I had a, i had a cat woman uh, mcdonald's uh, sold uh, yeah but yeah I, i completely get that sorry for the tangent so that did scare me a bit and then i remember i was like six or seven and i couldn't watch it and i had to wait until like i was eight or nine and then i decided okay Now I can definitely watch it. And then like I made my way through it. And it's probably my, one of my favorite or favorite Batman movies. But yeah, so I don't know if at some ages, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe if kids seeing like an arm being cut off if they're eight or nine and that could traumatize them or with sex and stuff. So, I mean, I don't know at what age um, you should keep them maybe uh, away from some sex or some violence and stuff. I haven't thought about it too much, but I'm sure there are some ages where some things could scare them and anyway kids can get you can be scared of something completely irrational or that's not even meant to be scary so putting that aside a bit but let's just say like really like take the example of someone's arm being cut off and kind of like you know in a graphic way on tv i mean that could be disturbing right for kids at certain age uh, i don't know what that age is and it could differ yeah. from kid to kid i am generally above six or seven i think they can watch i mean except maybe yeah like a real uh, live like cutting of an arm or maybe a pornographic uh, really hardcore pornographic content i don't have a problem with them let's say watching ariana grande music videos something oh. they mention in the hill or yeah. uh, reading mouse or anything i think you should go as always case by cases basis for example the children i know are usually as you say for example i, I know a couple of children they whenever there is a disgusting scene coming up or it's a scary they go like you know they cover their eyes yeah. like that or something because kids themselves I mean, they know, I don't think anything, there is no, by the way, there is no scientific studies that proves that media showing violence or all of that leads to copycats or anything like that. Oh, no, that. that's, for, so no, that's no, no, we're not caution. talking about that, though, yeah. I don't know, no, I was just saying, like, I, so I don't see any, and uh, anybody, if anybody, like, is interested, read about the rating system, for example, on movies, just a bunch of idiots determining, like, whether... this movie gets the R rating or PG rating. And it's so, I, for example, they always, it's so annoying. They always make, if you show blood, then you're probably going to get the R rating mm-hmm. and R rated rating. Uh, uh, and uh, like instead, so you have all these movies where people beat the shit out of each other and then they get up and there's no sign of it, any problem. There's no bleeding. And I think that's actually... far more dangerous telling children you can fucking you can beat up each other mm. and you know it's fine so yeah i i was very negative on that aspect i really and as a like we have to i'm sorry but we have to stand up to religious parents like somebody needs to break this taboo that you know like no you guys are i'm sorry but you guys have proven yourself frankly uh inadequate as a parent mm. like seriously 
So well, okay, now that... this is interesting. This is yeah, what I would like to talk about. I mean, I wouldn't go quite as far as you, and I wouldn't even put it that way. But I'm pretty sure, and maybe maybe um, Batia Ungar Sargon didn't say this exactly in this way, but this this is not what she meant. But let's say if this is what she meant or somebody else. She's like, you know, but religious people should be respected. They're point of view and concerns should also be respected right this is what i would say to that i would say sure i would respect it but just the same way as i would respect a non-religious person or a concern of a person that has nothing to do with religion so i will not give you extra like respect or extra concern because because no, but it has to do with your religion right i will just you think treat it in that same way I know. No, I think that's definitely fair enough. But if there is a significant number of people that want to change their school curriculum due to some religious belief, do you think that's a fair enough or not? Um, more, more than more than like majority, more than fifty percent. You know, then it wouldn't become a question of it wouldn't the religion aspect. I think wouldn't be important here um, for me. It would be like okay, should. A group of this many people, however they've reached their conclusions, should they be able to influence what is being taught or not? So I don't know how much it would. I would like you know how much the idea point. of religion would even play a role. But then you know what if it's like a minority who got there based on or, you know really good scientific evidence or not or so? Would I respect that or more? So I mean I don't know maybe there are some flaws. But the reason I say this is because. I don't like, you know, people are like, oh, respect my religion, respect that. So like if I have a friend or someone who's religious, I'll respect the religion. But in the same way that like if I don't like their food or if I don't like what they're wearing, I won't like point it in their face and make fun of them. So I just like treat it on the same level field. I just don't I don't give it extra respect. And the only reason I respect like your religion, someone's religion, I don't make fun of you. And I might joke about this topic behind someone else just because I wouldn't make fun of you based on other views that you would have and other things. So I don't put the religion part in a particular, you know, I just that's the one that bothers me is when like a religious person wants their religious point of views and stuff to like receive special respect just because it's religious. No, sorry, that I won't do. But if you want me to be respectful, just like I'm respectful with other topics that I will try my best to be. But okay, fair enough. But I think that yeah, you are completely right. But the implication of her argument yeah, is yeah. that we should, yeah. you know, we should take into account mm-hmm. their views of education. And I just just like anyone though, okay, else, as a person, as a person, I respect someone. If I go to someone's house, I wouldn't, as you say, for example, they put a dish that is not my favorite. I'm not gonna be like, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. manners and all that. But her implication, uh, her implication of her uh, segment was, in my view, that yeah, we should take into account their views in- into curriculum, mm-hmm. and I don't think anything can be further wrong. And you're right; I don't mean it just religious, like uh, and very much anti-homeschooling of all any kind, uh, you know. And uh, yeah, you can have it with other groups that you know, uh, become cult-like or whatever, so. 
yeah i mean that's the only way i see it but yeah she did it did seem like she had that implication of like you know you can't just make fun of religious people's concerns oh but oh that's the that's another of, thing yeah uh i think i will be respectful one to one but i do think making fun of them is definitely a good thing i think they should be mocked to no end because it debases and demystifies their uh frankly, but in the right setting and right place yeah but in a right setting but there's not only com- religious yeah. people that you need to like make fun of and it's not only them who have you know who go around saying bullshit no, no, and but they are, bullshit. yeah yeah no no that's why i don't even like i mean we get back to this i think in the jordan peterson segment i don't like the term religious it's like you know it's like it's an ideology just like any other ideology and when they take it too far you know but i do think uh, like mocking it is an important thing because there has been a more than thousand years of uh reveration towards religion and religious figures and all that so but yeah exactly if you're like if you're at a family gathering and you know there's an old uh uncle that is religious i don't think that's the right setting to you know take him to a corner you listen to me great uncle you know <laughs> have you read richard dawkins you piece of shit you know th- that's not the right or even setting, start making but, you or even start making a lot of jokes about let's say religion um or anything like that because okay that's not going to move the discussion anywhere you're just like yeah, being well, an ass uh, to this no, no. person and you could do it on so many other things right i mean people have People say insane stuff about so many things that have nothing to do with religion. And that was, you know, you th- can make that's, fun of them and stuff like that, too. You just I just treat it I, like uh, other topics nowadays uh, more and more. So maybe if it starts getting annoying yeah, and stuff, right. hey, I'll start making fun of you. OK, now you've taken it too far. Maybe you've made fun of something else or something. Then so I'm like, OK, now it's now it's fair game. No, it is funny you say that after, you know, you're completely right. Like I used to be hardcore, like loved Bill Maher. I think we shared like some of like anti-religious, blah, blah, blah. But then you talk to some anti other irreligious people and you're like, yeah, isn't that superstitious? And it's so bad. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, terrible, terrible. Um, You know, yeah, it's, and uh, then you're like, okay, so what do you think of, Go souls and stuff and they're like oh yeah i believe in souls and i believe we can communicate with them through a vg board or og board or whatever it's yeah. called and yeah or i i know so many irreligious people that go to people who you know they they are considered i don't know like magicians witches i don't know what the fuck warlocks they, they write you prayers and it's supposed to help you with like things and you carry it or whatever or they give you a spells i'm not god i'm kidding they give you a they put it like you go to them i know you really just people go to them and they pay and they ask to put a spell on my mother-in-law for example <laughs> it's just the weirdest yeah. thing so yeah you're right it's nothing special to religion but i think yeah as was implied in this video and in a lot of context is religious people want to have more respect than others yeah, no. because of their faith mm-hmm. and that's some maybe i'm that really pisses me maybe off. i'm over it 
yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm over it. But like she was because the way she was like, why yeah. should we make fun of religious yeah. people? Like, I'm sorry yeah. because they are very funny. Yeah. Because anybody like anybody else that kind yeah. of yeah, like anybody else. Yeah. Like, I mean, Bill Maher actually had one really good joke because he was. I remember he was making in a stand-up making fun of Scientology, and you know people laughed. And it was like, oh, you're laughing. You 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 got the you know talking a snake going to you know uh, going to Eva and Adam and all that. So yeah. you're yeah you're the one to talk. So yeah, of course you know every a lot of people have equally idiotic and fanatic beliefs or or dogmatic beliefs and everything, which which go dogmatic. much further than you know just religion. But yeah, when people want religion to be given like special respect because it's their religion i'm like sorry sorry dude. <laughs> and we live in a society where i'm not forced to <laughs> thankfully to, <laughs> to follow that because there are some places where you know you can use the rule of law to to back up that claim but not everywhere in the places i live at the moment Fair and enough, less right. and less less and less now everywhere in the world really but what what it the is still religious? possible that you know you can use like the power of authority to back the fact that you shouldn't be making fun of their their religion and you know they could be real consequences for have you having made fun of their religion but in a lot of societies that is that is not really the case which is oh, hurting the person you know oh, like so, 200 right. years ago or something maybe the church would put Inquisition. you to jail yeah, i'm yeah. like talking about this kind of stuff where you know or in, uh, yeah, yeah, or in yeah, some okay. countries they still have you know laws which they apply you know if they want to or stuff. blasphemy laws, yeah, yeah for blasphemy and, yeah but yeah but uh yeah i i find the whole uh, yeah but it was interesting i mean i know we i basically use this story to segue into something else but i thought i'm you know it fits well with our theme of is our children learning <laughs> so you know and uh, what else what else is there in this education so uh, I see let's some move COVID on to, stuff. I, yeah, mass education. Now, mm -hmm. I uh, there was. I mean, uh, I have. I have to say this, and I say this very begrudgingly because I really don't like their show. But um, uh, Sagar and uh, oh. Crystal Ball. Yeah. Sagar and Jetty. Damn! Crystal now you've Ball, reached a point it. where you say. Sorry to interrupt you. Now you've reached a point where you clearly say that you really don't like their show. And then you proceed no, interested. It. Yeah. Oh, and no, you hate it. Okay. I feel like there's been a bit of progress. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it was it like has... incremental. <laughs> I like, I really like them. And I was like, yeah, I really like you. Like you. Uh, not so much, not so much, not so much. Uh, not really like, uh, hate, hate, hate. I hate, hate. <laughs> interesting. But, Do you want to share a few uh, reasons hate. why? I feel like you've mentioned it. But I, I will. Yeah. Well, they had doctor, but let me give them credit for credit is due because this was a great segment on <laughs> with a really I think it was a very good doc. I mean, at least the way he presented it, it seemed like I'm no expert on medical stuff, but from the shit I've seen, he seemed to be very reasonable, very good. But the reason why I hate breaking points, first of all, is that they don't I don't think they bring anything special. In terms of news, like everything they cover, like the hill covers or other cover in a better way. Sagar, in my view, is a complete reactionary and a fool, frankly. Mm. 
like complete fool. I mean, yeah, and uh, then this whole thing of bringing right and left together, and if we cooperate, I'm not. I love I love Glenn Greenwald. I love Matt Taibbi, but I just hate this whole thing of like if we could bring the populist left mm-hmm. and populist right together, uh, we could have national socialism. Oh fuck! So you know, <laughs> that's what it is. Like they pretend they are so much better than neoliberals. At least neoliberals don't have a preference based on the place of your birth. <laughs> you guys are worse like national basically they're national socialists and i mean that both in a positive and negative way and this they like guys help us fight against the mainstream media if you you are our only hope against mainstream oh come just please like get over yourself like first of all like what oh i'm sure the jeff bezos of the world and jeff zuckers of the world are at night like oh my god sagar and jetty had a segment on our company watch this fight these independent medias people are giving them two dollars a month what should i do get over yourself you oh my god so yeah that's and at the I end see. of the interview with the doctor sagar and jetty did it yeah, I think this is why these type of conversations are important and we help to, oh, Jesus crap, foster the environment of discussion. <laughs> I mean, do it. Don't stop talking about it. Just do the thing. <laughs> Just constantly wanting to get credit for, like, I mean, and by the way, these are people who benefited from, like, you know, being on the hill and being on the corporate algorithm or a more, you know, nicer algorithm. And it's just oh, help us fight the main you are mainstream media mm-hmm. you're not that much different from mainstream media you're basically a slightly more to the yeah. center than like cnn a slightly yeah so i see i mean I see you get like pissed off with some of like smaller stuff with them but like generally with me as well some of the stuff you know you're right we're fighting against the mainstream media (laughs) this segment was supposed to be me giving them credit by the way (laughs) but we'll get to that we'll get to that but yeah that part Mm. like pisses me off too we're fighting like the mainstream uh, media and and all this but what i found myself yes is because when they first launched in their channel i thought i'll be watching them a lot but yeah i haven't (laughs) Um, I haven't at all. And I find nowadays the stories pretty much done on the Hill and Rising are a bit more interesting. Oh, and, and they're very similar because of their format, right? And what I'm saying. And yeah, I mean, Sagar from the beginning, I mean, of course, he was never my my favorite on so many topics uh, a, and no, you know, the, it's, in so well, many it's, ways. A lot of people you disagree with, but he seems like a, like a child. You know, like the way, I mean, like the way he treated Joe Rogan as if like this five-year-old had seen Ronald McDonald, you know. Oh, yeah, Joe, go ahead, Joe, tell me more. Tell me. Or, you know, it's just the way, just, uh, and the, the arrogance, in my view, the arrogance to put, like, you know, they used to do radars on the hill, that mm. really annoyed me. They And they do a similar thing, what's on your radar or what's on your head, mind is this week today whatever they put that behind the paywall mm. and you know the, the, like or as part of it they put that behind the paywall and they are like who the hell are you guys really who the hell are you you're basic like even if you say you're a journalist which you're basically that you're basically anchor people 
I like I'm a nobody, by the way, just to clarify, I'm a nobody. But who the hell do you think you are to like what are you, Noam Chomsky? Noam Chomsky has like 30 hours of lectures free online. And what I'm gonna pay to see Sagar in Jetty and Crystal Ball break down what's wrong with like uh, CNN. Oh fuck off. Really fuck off. Yeah, I mean, I mean they have to get paid in one way, but I get what you're saying, no, which Chris, is like well, why put that part show, of your show mainly behind the paywall, but yeah, no, no. Another show that is, uh, by the way, uh, behind the two. I give you two example. Another show we I we make fun of a lot. Crystal Kyle and friends and Yogi Bear and <laughs> other friends and stuff. You know, they don't. Uh, first of all, they at least you know they put the okay the video version is behind the paywall. Useful idiots. They interview with uh, professors with you know uh, characters of interest is behind the paywall. Not. Sagar and Jetsy breaking down how why weed should be legal. Oh fuck off! I'm sorry, but seriously, oh, those like, are two. Yeah, I'm the arrogance. <laughs> I mean, by the way, I hope one day if I start like if this channel ever grows, which is very doubtful, or <laughs> you know if we like if I manage to get anywhere, which is uh, still very doubtful. Uh, uh, I hope I don't become like that. I, I really hope. Like, yeah, here's to so hoping arrogant. to that. But okay, let's. You were gonna give them credit before I <laughs> made yeah. you go on this l- long rant. So, yeah, the video was uh, good. I, I, <laughs> the video was, was a good video. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the doctor comes on after two two hours of ranting about why I despise. But, oh, great job. <laughs> he wasn't only a doctor. He was a scientist. Well, he was a doctor. He says he's a practicing doctor, but also a scientist who works at a company who has a company that specializes in like verifying data or like double checking data, like so, or uh, studies, something like that. Right? Speciality. He he said that one of his specialities. No, I don't think he was at a company. I think it was at a university or mm. a hospital. That he's yeah. He looks at his studies and. His main specialty it seemed to be basically proofreading the studies. Yeah, or like eva- yeah, evaluating data. Evaluating, or, assessing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and what he was saying that he's like, yeah, some of these people who are called like, you know, anti-vaxxers and all these people, they've pointed out one or two things that are true about the adverse effects of the vaccine and they are backed by data and it is very important for us to have these conversations and what the mainstream media is doing by completely blocking these conversation is not good and you know it's probably going to lead to more skepticism and all that but at the same time these anti-vax people mix those kind of statements with completely absurd ones that you know don't have any kind of evidence to back up what they're saying so they're also not doing themselves uh, well basically they're doing themselves a disservice as well so yeah, it was like 30 minutes oh. long and he went through different things. You know, there's a problem with the heart that that was the main one. They discussed that for a good 10 minutes. And then after that, he was just kind of, you know, um, assessing how the media covers in general and how anti-vaxxers discuss the topic in general. I thought it was a great video, but I would say that... Um... I mean, it's so surprising to me. COVID happened two years ago, and I don't understand. Like, we will get to the Barry Weiss thing as well. Like, people saying, "Oh, I have sacrificed so mm. much. I have was in the lockdown." And then people are like, "They lied to us, doctors. Mm. Why didn't they say on first day, blah blah blah, or that?" And 
I don't know. What do you think? Like, the, like I don't understand the, like, it's so early still to know all the side effects, all the potential harms or benefits of getting the vaccine and all that. So I don't understand this. Like, people talk about it's like, oh, yeah, people trust the mainstream media. Like, did they trust mainstream media before COVID or, you know, seriously, after like 2000? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's just so weird to me that uh, this, uh, the way people react to this. People are talking about uh, like this last two years um, as if they've gone through like World War One. You know what but, I mean? But it's like, man, it's been crazy hard. It's so difficult to, and they lied to us. Can <laughs> you believe it? Governments lied to us. Yeah, let's they talk. It will, okay, let's be on fair. the surfaces, but it wasn't. <laughs> and by the way, from very beginning, anybody who knows anything from science, scientists always say we think, we believe there is a 70% chance it goes from surface to surface. We are not 100% sure it might change. That's the whole point of science. Yeah. It's an ongoing discussion. So, I mean, I didn't first they think they everything they said was correct because it was it's a new virus. What do you expect them to do? Anyway, like, sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, none of so. this like excuses at all the mainstream media's coverage, what I'm going to say whatsoever, right? I mean, of course, of course. But you're right. So no. I just wanted to make two or three comments, though. One is, yeah, let's talk about middle class people and above, right? So people, let's say, who have office jobs. And based on my understanding, people who have office jobs, most of them around the world, you know, they did not lose their jobs, not that much in the beginning either. And even if they did, they quickly got new jobs and stuff. So there were so people like Barry Weiss that I really can't stand when they complain about, you know, how their life had changed so drastically and I stuff. I mean, you know, Ellen DeGeneres was even doing that in the beginning, you know, saying that, oh, in my house, that's so hard and From stuff. Her so, mansion, yeah. so, yeah, I get it a bit. Sure, it's not as good and stuff, but I think you guys take it a bit far. Although some countries, the restrictions have been like, way more than crazy even tough. crazier like canada is one of them where you know they put curfews in france they had curfews for a long time but a lot of countries that didn't get that drastic so yeah that part i don't no, have but, uh, much sympathy not, either and yeah not going to bars and restaurants yeah. for two years it's not the equivalent of going to world war one or two that's yeah. all i'm saying and the, and the part is and the, the fact is that it's not for two years that is also not true because people still talk as if there are lockdowns going on like crazy but based on my understanding in the u.s most places in the u.s and most places in europe there are no more really um lockdowns now there's the vaccine thing and there's the whole vaccine passport thing for going inside of restaurants and bars that is true but also, yeah, I mean, we also have to differentiate between the different stages of COVID and always, and pretending that we're still in lockdown. I don't think it's true for most places. And even if it did happen, a lot of it is right now in the winter time. But in Europe and the States, I believe a lot of places are open. So things have had changed too. They should be acknowledged. And yeah, the other one is that, you know, the scientists have been lying to us from day one and stuff. Maybe mainstream media was lying from day one and stuff but yes scientists this assumption that they knew or like doctors knew everything from the beginning no they really knew nothing about this virus now that couldn't be a critique of yours be like hey how come this virus COVID-19 that was you know 
worked with in other ways in lab settings and stuff this how was there you didn't know anything about it or stuff like that you know no, no, they or did. how you look yeah they, exactly so that is fine example, but certain yeah yeah, yeah. no but, but that yeah, is but, fine but accusing them of not knowing everything from day one and like being that being like a point of criticism that i have much less sympathy for yeah, I mean, like, for example, now we know that sugar lobby and the dairy lobby, for example, had for many years uh, subsidized studies that would benefit them and make salt and fats the biggest enemies of human body, right? So I'm just saying why people are approaching science as if this is some for some beyond reproach. Yeah, uh, concepts that cannot be wrong or like they approach science as if it's the 10 commandments mm. that came from the sky above so that that's what pisses me off uh, you know that's what is so yeah. annoying about that the, the shock that oh my god like they fucked up of course they fucked up they yeah. always and i mean and science is being used in a weird way because i mean it is right. It's yeah, also yeah. being used by mainstream media as a way to shut people Fauci, up. I mean, and the science is being saying this, the yeah. science is that, I, or now there are all these headlines of, you know, scientists, oh, yeah, you know, science. said this to Joe Rogan and this, like, who are yeah, these, yeah. what scientists? You need to break it down. Now yeah. they've kind of turned the scientist word into like a, you know, all encompassing word to shut people up for everything. Oh, scientists said yeah. that. I mean, just annoyingly to get a bit philosophical and stuff but this is the this is the natural conclusion of too much empiricism and positivism mm. in a way that you think that okay this like most people that are writing the articles and stuff and with the justice Stephen Breyer they believe there are such things as like tangible facts mm. like concrete facts and in most cases there isn't so it is yeah it, it's very annoying. Yeah. You yeah. also said something else that was very interesting, though. You talked about, like, as if people just discovered that the government lies or that mainstream yeah, media exactly. lies. Or and I think I made this point week. a week or two ago. I was like, when, um, when what's his name? When Glenn Greenwald was interviewing that tennis player, not Novak, oh, but yes. the other one. And this other one, you he, know. His name he was, was tennis. <laughs> tennis. Yeah. He was saying a lot of things that were true, but, like, what the impression I got was that this guy was just politicized during like the COVID period for one reason or another. So just he's realizing everything in one go. So he kind of has this over-focus on the COVID thing. And, you know, but but if you've been politicized before that, I think you don't find any of this that strange or that yeah, shocking and Matt, that weird, the government even, response, the media's response to the pandemic and everything else that goes with it. So a lot of people must have just been really politicized during this time. I mean, okay, even if you're politicized yeah. now, like, have you never read a magazine? Haven't you seen, like, every other read TVs are curing cancer. TVs are causing cancer. Coffee is curing cancer. Coffee is yeah. uh, causing cancer. Uh, this fruit is good for your skin. This fruit is not good for you. I mean, come on, like... Well, like I, I don't know. I like Barry Weiss going on. We did that. We stayed home. We got vaccinated. Yeah. Oh, get over. Just like, just get over yourself, people. Get over it. Like, well, I mean, she's different. Again, though. she's a different. By the way, anyway. I am talking about hair type of jobs, office jobs, that everything. I'm not talking about some like 
people who were working in the service industry and yeah. lost their jobs and uh, that's a real issue yeah but uh, barry weiss i mean jesus christ yeah no, no but do you remember this in the very beginning in the very beginning when there were like the lockdowns lockdowns people used to complain that they don't know what to do like they're bored and they have nothing to do and that like that was like netflix yeah i was just thinking damn this is this is sad you know if you're literally given a month or so pretty much off i mean you know okay you have to do your work at home and stuff but you can't think of anything to do you have no you have no passion no interest except going to like a a bar restaurant or out with your friends yeah, a lot of passion and interest yeah may include a lot of like let's say a lot of people i knew uh were into a sports like football or gyms like they couldn't go like yeah that. i mean I, yeah but yeah i definitely agree with you but i would say in a full lockdown situation at least it's a bit more reasonable than two years of sort of basically is it lockdown or yeah. I don't know, we can go to shops and and although I must say, I mean, a bit of advantage, my life really didn't got affected at all. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean we're, uh, yeah. I used I'm to old. socialize with two people. <laughs> now I socialize with just one. And <laughs> it's yeah. not a big difference. <laughs> Mine really hasn't, didn't change that much either, but mainly has to do because of personality and like what I do and stuff. And also Switzerland, if you ask me, had some of the more reasonable, Relaxed. like, um, yeah, like COVID. Uh, measures you know compared well, for instance the, france the funny, had the curfew they didn't have the curfew you know they had masks indoor not masks outdoor as well and iran yeah. had a didn't have a tough it had a sort of a medium level lockdown but because nobody really followed the, iran is very much like britain in a sense that people do their own thing like <laughs> no but it's not like france you know what i mean it's not a very status country first of all it was like provinces could make their own rules mm-hmm. according to their stuff and i heard a lot of people like there was full lockdown like traveling between cities but you just go and you go oh, come on man to the mm-hmm. cop like come on please mm-hmm. and they let you go so it's just a very very relaxed sort of a greek italian style like that <laughs> <laughs> but but Sam, since this segment is actually education, though, would be damn not to mention. And since day one, I was on this, which I was, which I was saying, the school closures are the most important thing that I considered, like in this whole COVID thing. That, that was needs the biggest mistake to be discussed. That now, whether maybe at some point you really had to close them for a bit. And again, there's some exaggerations here, right? Like they they talk about how schools have been closed for two years. There are maps. You you can look at them all over the world. There are some countries where, like the Philippines, schools have been closed for two years. I was reading about India. Apparently, they've been closed most of the time. But in a lot of countries, schools were closed in the beginning, and then they opened up in Western countries. So even that fact is sometimes, you know, a bit twisted. But that is an insanely, that is probably the biggest, most serious concern about, you know, the homeschooling, and, you know, only some kids could get good homeschooling because yeah. it has to so much to do with your home situation and everything. So that's a very, very serious one that I just thought we should mention, given the name of the segment and everything. What what pisses me off uh, is that it's not so much about, let's say, OK, uh, we don't have like the, there is suddenly this virus and this virus, uh, if you're like if 
it's a room of 15 meters, uh, 15 square meters, yeah? And according to scientists, you should have like three people or five people in that room. So the virus, so people don't infect each other, there is social distancing, there, is, there must be a window, there must mm. be ventilation. And okay, you say, okay, we locked down for three months, we locked down for four months. I don't understand how after two years, governments of so many countries is still haven't improved the infrastructure. It's still mm. hospitals are getting overrun. It's still, there is not enough. I'm sorry, but at this point, why there is not enough teachers and enough rooms for students to, for children to be allowed to study in a safe environment? And the left, all the, some people on the left, some people on the left, all they do, close down, close yeah. down, lock down, lock down. I'm sorry, but do you know how, many, how much negative effects it has on children? Well, not left, Democrats young... and centrists. I would say. No, even some people on the left, like Katie mm. uh, Halper, who I respect a lot and I love a lot, but she even goes on about this. Teachers are, they don't want to, you know, they're worried teachers should request better classes. What the, and like they do, and the we covered, we they covered do. The, they do, they do. the French strikes and some do. But it doesn't get half much coverage as the no, lockdown, sure. lockdown, lockdown. And I, I'm, I mean, it sounds like I have a nephew and, you know, it's so, man, it's annoying. I don't want to over-exaggerate like Barry Weiss, we are being, oh my God, and this stuff. But it is annoying. The kid is fucking, the kid says, just take me to my grandma. You know, like yeah. he, he's even happy to go to his grandma's house now because he's been stuck at home so much. <laughs> and, you know, they are not forming, uh, they are not in a social environment, which I think at a young age is crucial, mm -hmm. I would think. I'm not an expert on the matter, but it annoys me. The worst thing that annoys me is that at this point, even if uh, the virus was as strong as originally and all that, there should have been infrastructure by now that every child goes to a school in a safe environment. And just fuck you, seriously. Sam, if they you. could have reacted to that problem, in the, in, and it's a very easy problem that a little bit of money could solve, right? And in every country, exactly. everywhere that money is available, it just depends what you uh, use uh, it on. So but I mean, that's like, the, that's like the problem forever with everything, right? It's not like before education didn't need more money, even before education, even before COVID, yes, sorry, education needed more money. But there are so many easy problems in this world that, of course, for... But you why know, is everybody so issues that we never address, address them? But I, I feel like most of the left and let's say center left liberals always focus on lockdown instead yeah. of well, why aren't you, for example, all these empty buildings in London, take them over and turn some of them into a school through legislation? Well, that would require you know? political will and legislation yeah. and planning. and. Okay, so talking about COVID and uh, education and learning. Let's talk about this group that I found out about, and they are so cool and so awesome. They are not at all a bunch of losers. So, did you? I mean, I sent you the video. Yeah, no, so I saw the video. <laughs> yeah, Channel 4 and Vice has, has covered them. COVID conspiracy theorist, Alpha Men Assemble. So, <laughs> they even stole the name from Avengers. Uh, alpha men assemble hold combat training sessions in the UK. If alpha, this is a quote from the ex, from a misinformation expert, so basically from a nobody, but it's interesting. If alpha men assemble were US-based group, those videos would have have them <laughs> shooting guns in a field without a shadow of a doubt. 
So this is a group, man. It was, I mean, please check out the channel for a video on it. It's bloody fantastic. There's these groups, they dress in like semi-military, yeah. like, you know, uh, sort of tactical gear. <laughs> and then uh, it was so funny. They had an interview with one of their leaders and he would have, he had one of these hats that are on the side. I forget what they're called. Like green beret type of hat. And he was in military uniform. He was a former military, I believe, commander or something. I was like, no, no, none of this. And he had a very Welsh, I don't know if it was Welsh. No, it wasn't Welsh, but it was very like rural England accent. And he was like, no, no, none of this is, this is just, a, you know, it's a, as a team, we are just doing team building. <laughs> this is nothing, nothing to worry about, just team building. And then there was, uh, so they, and then they did a hidden camera. I don't know if they, send a spy or somehow they got a hidden camera of him saying guys we are at war and you know <laughs> roman legion <laughs> roman legions when they stand together you see it's, it's so, and then the training video is the best part which is somebody like doing a kick against yeah. what, what's what's that pads. called right? pads pads yeah he's kicking the pad and all it's just the thing is too good i mean it's, it just reminded me of Taliban videos where they would show like people hanging from the bars and, they, and like they expected us to be like, oh my God, so scary. <laughs> yeah, that, that video is a joke. First, two points. Nothing. First, I think I saw that like they had to cancel their next training or like reschedule it because now that it's gotten some coverage right. and they're scared that this is going to be filled with like undercover journalists like every time that they have a meeting <laughs> so, the, <laughs> so like half the people there are like journalists <laughs> so i think they're a bit they're not sure what to do but also i think they are they called anti-vaxxers in like the article or video if i'm not mistaken like the video in headline the vice article in the COVID conspiracy theories. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because I think it would be yeah. unfair to call them anti-vaxxers. I mean, it would be unfair to anti-vaxxers yeah, yeah, because these people were like anti, they were like COVID deniers, right? Because towards the end of the video, like you said, it gets pretty dark and they would go in the hospital and talk to like old people who were really sick and ha were having like, were getting oxygen and all this and they would talk them into leaving the hospital, right? And you know, because was, like, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The video started as a comedy, and in yeah. the end, it gets so dark with that old man. It was so dark. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, man, that was fucked up. That was, I mean, so they show like two old, people, right? That they like kind of. One of them died. Yeah. And they convinced them to leave the hospital, and they're pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. All, you know, clearly, old people, anybody who's been around old people at some point it's very hard for them decision making mm. and all that and it's, it felt very abusive yeah yeah no for sure uh yeah that was yeah i forgot about that part <laughs> very dark very dark ending to a very fun <laughs> second yeah. no, but the training is funny but, i don't know what those kicks why they were <laughs> i don't know who, yeah exactly were. when is that gonna come in handy when as the British government is like <laughs> the fashion coat is coming out <laughs> exactly when are you going to use that like I don't know but man although although I'm I made fun of Taliban training camps they did end up winning the war so yeah. maybe yeah I was going to say I think that was more useful <laughs> maybe yeah, yeah. no that, this was funny
but okay anything else to mention here or should we move on to our second story uh let me just no let's move on to the second story yeah I, i'm done with this <laughs> so why did you label the second story kind of broad church or is the hill becoming the new broad church oh, what yeah, are you trying church. to refer to there <laughs> So, yeah, Bad Faith had a discussion with Jordan Chatton, who does, like, on-ground reporting. He's probably the only online personality who's actually a journalist, except Matt Taibbi. Like, you know, I like, yeah. actually goes to places. And, and Glenn, like, everybody else is I a guess. commentator, basically. And Yeah. Oh, and Glenn and Matt Taibbi, maybe. Uh, Aaron, Aaron, Matt. Taibbi. True. But, uh, so, uh, uh, went to Syria. So, yeah, he, he was talking about, and then, I mean, this is going to be our clickbaity segment. Uh, Bad Faith, uh, Brianna Gregory mm-hmm. talked about TYT used to be that sort of broad church. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch that. that. All- oh, she, no, did she talk about this on Bad Faith or on The Hill? Bad Faith? Bad Faith. In the interview with Jordan. Mm-hmm. Because Jordan Cherton used to work yeah, for yeah, TYT, yeah, of course, but then yeah. there were, no. So... Yeah, uh, she, you know, she said what happened there and they discuss why TYT, what happened to TYT, why isn't as broad a church as it used to be. But then I put broad church because same week, Brianna Gray Joy went to the hill. And that was great. I really liked the hill. I really, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the Robbie Suave guy. I really enjoyed Brianna. I really enjoyed Ryan Grimm. I really don't enjoy Patrol, patrol, <laughs> but patel. she just joined this week as Targon well. <laughs> yeah, she's so yeah. But anyway, but I really, really love the hill. And I think the, the hill is sort of replacing, I mean, not replacing, but it is as close of a broad church we have right now in terms of like a media format. Because you see Katie Halper, Matt Tavey goes there. They used to have Jenk on Jimmy Doran. Yeah. I don't know if they will uh, ever again. Uh, but, you know, Oh, they had JR on. Yeah. Very broad church. Very, very broad. I don't think they would mind having anybody on because it's the producers who are picking the guests. So they don't care about these kind of beefs and stuff. I'm sure they would have Jank on again or this kind of. Yeah, hopefully. You know, the Rising show, and then I want to talk about a few of these characters, but Rising, okay, especially after, okay, once uh, Crystal and Sagar left, for a week or two or stuff it was really really crap right so let's forget about that but since after that since kim joined and ryan graham and now they've added brianna and of course and robbie suave that they have added him so now it's become much better and i feel like you see the value of there there being like i don't at least it seems like it from the outside of there being like producers who have more control because I'm guessing Crystal and Sagar have the most control on their show, but I don't think Ryan Grimm or Kim or Robbie Suave have the most, there are people higher up than them who I think have a lot of control over what they should talk about, what topic and which guests to get and everything. And I think that is one of the reasons that the quality of their work and maybe because they have more resources. Yeah. I think seems to be higher and better than bad faith. Yeah. So maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's mainly that, but they're really good nowadays. I mean, and yeah, especially they, I, this week by program. adding Batia and Brianna, you can kind of tell that they're definitely going, okay, let's just add one lefty, one like 
not so lefty and let's just keep on adding more and more so there's always two or three of them from different perspectives and everyone's happy like this everybody has a home to a certain extent although they should be careful and not take that too far not have too many boring centrists or people who are like really right wing or something that could put off a lot of people i mean a genuine shout out to robbie swelf though yeah he's I don't know how they found him because, like, yeah. like he's the only right thing that I pretty much. Well, he's a libertarian kind say, of, yeah. Yeah, libertarian, yeah. But yeah, it's so weird that they managed to find somebody reasonable to yeah. represent the right. <laughs> so that's nice. But uh, yeah, they did it. Um, I don't know if we are gonna. Uh, oh, sorry. So what is a? Uh, oh. You remember the segment that we, uh, you know, we were gonna talk about the Russian segment, Ukraine, the Kim Russian. Iverson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so shall we? Go <laughs> yeah, to, uh, let's jump into that one about NATO and Ukraine and all that. Yes, yeah, so that was quite interesting. <laughs> she had a segment in which she discussed that we uh, probably. I think she's completely wrong. I doubt there will be a war, as I've said. Although Wendy Sherman and but a lot of people are saying by mid-February, there is a good chance Russia is going to attack and blah, blah. But uh, yeah, what was I going to... Uh, Kim Iverson had that segment about the Russian war and the ending was so good. It yeah. was so good. You know, it was... She basically said that, you know, Putin is popular with the Russian people and they like him. And then Robbie Suave just came up with the best comeback. Well... Not so much the people who are in the prison, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, that and was. Then... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Just Kim Iverson made it, in my view, somewhat naive comments that yeah, I don't understand why we are obsessed with Russia. I mean, Cold War is over and all that. And I would say, well, Cold War may might be over, but there is a reason why they are obsessed with Russia because uh, Russia could challenge them. Mm. Not now, not in the near future, even maybe, but in 20 years, it could. I mean, even Chomsky talks about that. You know, we always, like on the left, they make fun of the domino theory. Domino theory, that was very popular during Cold War, which talked about that if one country falls to communism, it's like a domino and it could lead to everywhere. And I remember Noam Chomsky said, while it is usually an idiotic idea to think, for example, if Vietnam became... Uh, communist it would lead to communism in the u.s there is a truth to it because if you do allow it to work then people see it works and they might want to emulate it so i think uh, she was being very naive at why are they interested because russia is the like challenger to u.s hegemony at least in europe maybe not globally but at least here yeah i mean to be fair to Kim, of course, the way that they're obsessed with Russia or like the way that they're obsessed with Putin and the way that they just bring oh. everything down to Putin and all that is ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, you understand why they could have that concern. And one issue that they that is, you know, rarely brought up, I find, or not enough, although perhaps that's because I don't follow it that closely enough between the whole Ukraine and Russia thing is the natural gas and liquefied gas, I feel like is not talked about enough and i wonder if that's like another thing that you know another area of competition that has increased between the americans and the russians because the americans have become huge exporters of liquefied natural gas 
And so, of I course, mean, it, they're in direct has, competition with Russia over that as well. And so if Europe gets less of they, their... They, they do they could, talk about yeah. it. Yeah, I know they do. But maybe I find like sometimes this is no, not more, brought up enough that this issue of the gas is a huge area of competition and that can see is bringing well, some look, new because, levels of hostility towards Russia. Look, the way they talk about it, they mostly talk about, for example, the Ukrainians are very upset about mm. Nord Stream 2. Yeah. Because... Uh, it, it, so the focus of gas has been on there. But why? Why Americans should care about Ukrainian companies? Because Ukrainian companies are not really Ukrainian companies. They're mm-hmm. American companies, mm-hmm. or they include many Americans on their boards, including Hunter Biden for yeah. some time, former uh, pre- president's son. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, they, they are talking about that. It's just that, uh, they, you know, yeah. a, a lot of American interest maybe is not in selling liquid gas, maybe is in... But I'm saying uh, that is also one of their interests. I believe that is also one of their interests because it's only in very recent years, based on what I understand, like the past 10 years, that the US has become such a big exporter in liquefied natural gas. So any competition that they can take away from from Russia could easily fall to them. Of course, there are other big exporters, Qatar, but they're also ready here to supply liquefied natural gas to but Europeans. Qatar is a, Qatar is a, you know, it's a basically a, a colony. I don't know. Like, but you know, I mean, uh, you know, but they still have liquefied natural gas that they, they would sell and they would pocket the money rather than the Americans and the American corporations. Like that money doesn't go to I, the Americans. I mean, that I would say the global elite are so intertwined. Like, yeah, I don't no, know, like true. are, you know what I mean? Qatari companies, companies how many of them are american owned or have american i don't know i don't board? think too many that's because Qatar and stuff don't they rely on that money so i don't see them giving away too much of it but you're no, right know, the, interconnectedness. the royal families of these countries are basically like american you know what i mean like, uh, yeah you're right yeah i know what you mean but I, I would say that it's yeah they talk about it but in a different way they don't so much talk about america selling liquid gas to Europe because I think shipping costs and all that is crazy, but they already have the Ukrainian gas line. So I think they focus on there. And I think that's American yeah. interest as much as it is Ukraine. But yeah, but also to other areas like selling. Yeah. So I just feel like the gas one is kind of left out of this, um, this conversation a bit. But going back to, you know, <laughs> what you're saying about Kim, Kim, uh, Kim Iverson also falls into the trap of being like, OK, right now, I just said, I mean, seems like she kind of falls in that trap and Robbie Swap kind of pushes her into the trap, which is, OK, now I've said all these bad stuff about the U.S. and their approach to, you know, to Russia and this conflict. So that means Putin is the good guy here. So she kind of falls into the trap of the good and the bad guy. Where just because you said that about the U.S. doesn't guy mean that Putin. Putin is a good guy. Now, Putin's circumstances might push him to do better stuff than you know the U.S. does, or like you know leaders in the U.S. But it doesn't have to do with him being you know not necessarily a good person who goes around thinking about the well-being of others or just being him a good. You just Are don't you- need to fall into this good or bad trap which I think in that video, she fell a bit. Are you, I don't remember the segment. Aren't you being too harsh? I thought she meant like he, he's the good, not good guy, but in this scenario, they are not the aggressors. 
I don't yeah. remember specifically if she. Uh, yeah, but but you're right. Yeah, maybe I read into it too much. Yeah, a lot of. I mean, I find Ben Norton usually falls into that trap oh, yeah. a lot, but I. Yeah. I need to, yeah, like this idea that, you know, if, for example, the Bolivian guy or, you know, a lot of these guys uh, like Putin, as you say, the circum, just because the circumstances force, <laughs> forces you to, to do something nice doesn't mean you are nice. So, yeah. yeah. But then, but yeah, I mean, but it's that really was a great comeback got, though, from Rodri yeah. to have, yeah, like, uh, not the... Not the people in prison. <laughs> no, he's great there, and because you don't really, you can't really tell which side of the issue he's gonna fall. But I think when it's him, Kim, and Ryan, he tends to fall more on Ryan's side. That's the best. I I find, but yeah, that one's yeah. great. But Brianna was a great addition, and yeah, I couldn't believe Jr. was. <laughs> oh, was called him. He seemed to have a new showman. I, I don't know if he's still with TYT or if he's part of their network or they Man, had a I, falling out. I think out. he is. Yeah, his Twitter account still says okay. it. No, I yeah. just... Yeah, but oh my God. JR, does he ever have... What, does he have ever anything to add to the discussion except yeah. like basically... Just confirming what the other person said. I mean, he seems like a nice guy and everything, but I never yeah, understood. Yeah, and he it. must be popular because TYT took him. He was a behind-the-camera guy. He was a producer. Producer. And yeah. even during the time where they had all these people and they were quote unquote at the peak of their show, they were bringing him. So it's not a new thing. So they didn't like. It's not after that Jimmy and others left that they brought him in. No, like even back then, they would always find yeah, a spot for him. Yeah. There were stories that they would bring him on, and he really seems like a nice, interesting person. Nice person, but I, I always found the stuff <laughs> that he said to be like the least interesting out of everyone I had seen on TYT. He would like point he- out the most obvious things. But making it seem like it was such a breakthrough. Maybe yeah, I do that as well. Maybe we all do it. But out of everyone, so I never understood like why there was this push to bringing bringing him, you know, in front of the camera. And I guess they've kept them because I'm sure they've looked at some numbers and stuff. And he must be popular among some he, people. Although I've never heard anybody else on YouTube discuss him or. But yeah, so I was so now he's I, actually reached the stage of becoming like an independent special commenter that is called on (laughs) other shows. So, I mean, kudos to him. You must say, not that there's anything wrong being a producer, but. Yeah, whatever. But uh, no, I mean, I find his takes always so fast. He's like the, you know, have you ever been at a party with people who say like, they they say stuff that are not deep, but they say it with, (laughs) as if they're deep yeah. and then you're way you wonder did the sentence finish is that <laughs> like you know like guys you know i see this police brutality video and i think why the police are so brutal couldn't we just you know not be so brutal and then you're oh did he finish is that like was that a point you know what, what happened like he just the most mundane takes putting the most you know the most guys you know, I don't understand this, you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, yeah, but yeah, kudos to whoever, yeah, well done, I suppose. Yeah. You you always bring me back from my, <laughs> like, uh, my gossipy nature. <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> and 
so they discussed a few things. So we talk about the Kim video. There's the M and M's that we can talk about. There's Barry Wise on Bill Maher, oh, although Barry, we've uh, mentioned a few times. Pretty much, yeah. Well, I I would say that because Barry, after Barry Wise went on Bill Maher view and stuff, they uh like they they Whoopi Goldberg the video of saying you know you shouldn't say that mm-hmm. uh, and stuff. I I do again as always. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, my headphone might just okay, yeah. uh, uh, although I think there, uh, you know I, I'm glad there is freedom of the speech again mm-hmm. you want people to reveal themselves as who they are then you can you know <laughs> then you can keep your distance <laughs> so you know so I'm, I, I don't understand this like why why do you not want to know other like who is the crazy people why yeah. do you want to just shut people up so 